morning. We are on the last line of Zion Amudet. We learned yesterday that there are two different versions of the Klalu Pratu Klal from the Pasuk regarding what you can buy with Master Shani. And we said that the difference, the practical difference between these two versions of the Klalu Pratu Klal is whether you can buy fish with money of Master Shani. So Mara asks, Umi Amar Abaye, did Abaye really say that fish are considered to be sustained from the from the ground, which was the practical difference? According to one, you could buy fish because they are gidule karka, and according to the other version of the Klalapratipal, you could not buy fish, and it was Abaye who said that. Does Abaye really hold that fish are sustained from the ground? But Abaye said, if you eat some kind of water, sherets, uh, sherets is a creepy crawly creature, uh, and a putita is a sherets that lives in the water, you get makos for four transgressions. Uh, one is for you should not abominate your souls with all creepy crawlers and you should not make yourself tummy with them. And it says, you should not eat from their flesh. And it says, anything that grows, that lives in the water, that doesn't have fins and scales, you should not eat. So that's four transgressions. If you eat this putita, if you eat an ant, you get five sets of makos. Uh, that, that is something that a creepy crawly thing that lives on the ground, there are five sukim that say not to eat it. Sirah, if you eat a hornet or a flying sheretz, lokeshesh, you get six sets of makos. That's what Abayi said. The im ita, if it was true that fish are considered to grow from the ground, putita nami lilkemishum hasheretz hasheretz haaretz, then for eating a putita, you should also get makos for hasheretz hasheretz al haaretz, for eating a creepy crawly thing that that squirms on the ground, and Rashi says you would actually end up getting seven makos, seven sets of makos for eating a putita. So how can you say that Abaye holds that fish are gidule karka? Now, you might say, well, things that squirm in the water are not fish. It's very important to recognize the limitations of translating from one language to another. Uh, I'm sure you've heard, or maybe yourself when you were a child, you said, Yonah wasn't swallowed by a whale, because the prophet says he was swallowed by a fish, and whales aren't fish. And that's not an accurate statement. I don't know if Yonah was swallowed by a whale or not, but the Navi does not say that he was swallowed by a fish. The Navi says he was swallowed, swallowed by a dog. And a dog is something that lives in the sea. And a whale is also a dog, uh, whether it's a fish or not. And you see here that, uh, for example, a hornet, you get makos for eating a flying thing, which is not listed as one of the kosher birds. So uh, it, it, it are the limitations of translating from, you know, dog into fish. You have to recognize those limitations. Uh, a putita, whatever it is, some kind of 
creepy crawly thing that lives in the sea is a fish, whether you would consider it a fish when you look at it or not. So therefore, that cannot be the uh, the difference between the two qualu prasam calls, whether you could buy fish with Masushani money or not. So rather, Ella Amaravina The difference between them is whether between the two versions of the Kalu Pratu calls that we had at the bottom of Amud Bays is whether uh, is whether you could buy birds with Masushani money. The Mandam are primi previgidule karka according to one who says that you have to buy a fruit from a fruit that grows from the ground. So birds also, they're sustained from the ground and they qualify. But according to the one who says that with Master Shani money, you have to buy things that are created from the earth. Uh, birds were not created from the earth. They were created from mud. Whatever that means, when Hashem created the world, he created fish out of water and land animals out of earth and birds out of some kind of mud. The one who includes birds, what's his reason? And the one who excludes birds, what's his reason? In other words, we know their reasons. They, they make different qualities, but why? What is it about the technicality of making a klalu pratu klal that causes them to learn differently. Mar explained, man demurave ofot kasavar klala batra dafka prat uklal matsaklal mosifala prat hidravulahu komili. The one who says that, the one who includes birds says that when you have a klalu pratu klal, the second klal is the more important one. Right? A klalu pratu klal is the Torah makes a general statement then a specific statement, and then another general statement. So the second clause is to be taken at face value, the so general statement, and you have a prot and a clause. So the clause adds to the prot. You have a specific statement followed by a general statement. So the general statement adds to the specific statement. The dravulahu kolmili, so everything is included. Vahani Kalakama and the first call serves Lamaute Koldamile Mishnate Stadium to to exclude anything which is not similar in two ways. The one who excludes birds, Kasavar, he holds Kalakama Dafka that the first call is the is the one to be given more weight, to be taken more literally. Kalukrat the eight, so you have a klalu prat, the ein baklal al mashvarat, and the klal includes only what's in the prat. And hane in midiachrini lo. Those things, yes. Those things that are in the prat, yes. Those things that are not in the prat, no. Bahani klala batra, and then the second klal, the second general statement, serves the rebuye called the dami lemishoshatz tadim to include anything which is similar in three ways. Uh, Rashi says that. The, the three ways would be pre mi pre the gidule karka the vlad vladota arets that it's a fruit from a fruit like a calf grows from a cow and it grows from the ground and it was created from the earth that opinion would require all three similarities there's a genre of svarim written not just nowadays but in the middle ages as well 
uh, and even actually earlier, uh, by Rishonim and early Achronim about how to understand different expressions in the Gemara, essentially dictionaries or encyclopedias of how to learn Gemara. And there's one called Halichos Olam. And he says not to take this at face value, that it means two similarities or three similarities. It just means more similarities or fewer similarities. How much are we going to require in a klal or pratu klal? The, 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 one who, the one who puts the emphasis on the second klal interprets a klal or pratu klal as a more broad way of learning than the one who puts the emphasis on the first klal, who requires more similarities to the prat in order to, uh, in order to draw conclusions from it. And he says, It's given over to the chachamim to interpret as that it's, it's not a clear mathematical formula that you can apply as, as it sounds like from our Gemara. You need two similarities or three similarities. It doesn't, it, it doesn't mean that. The Gemara continues, Amrav Yehuda Mishmei Derav Shmuel Bar Shelat Mishmei Derav. Me'arvin v'papuin v'chalaglagot v'gudganiyot avalob b'chaziz. One may make an Eruv, and again, according to Rashi, the beginning of the parak, this seems to be talking about an Eruv chatseros, an Eruv for carrying, uh, and Tosos, as well as an Eruv Tchumin, and Tosos says, no, it's only talking about an Eruv Tchumin. We will assume in this parak, like Tosos, that we are only talking about Erev Tchumin. Uh, commentaries try to explain what Rashi might have meant, because Gemara later on Daf Samach Aleph will make it very clear that an Erev Chatseris can only be on bread. So we will now talk about Erev Tchumin, that is, if you want to go more than 2,000 Amos out of the city on Shabbos, you have to make an Erev Tchumin, you have to put your food out somewhere uh, up to 2,000 amos away, and then you measure 2,000 amos from there. And he adds here, Shlomo, that this also applies to Shitu uh, Mavos. Uh, uh, That's true. Right. The Mishnah said that as well. Shitu Mavos, which is not an Erev Chatseros, but a, a partnership for carrying in a Mavos, which is different or could be different. We'll discuss later in a Masachet. If you make a shitu for ghost, you also need to make an Erev Chatseros. Oh, that uh, we'll, we'll discuss later, much later. So, Amar Yehuda, Mishmei Dereb Shmo Bar Shelat, Mishmei Dereb Marvin, V'papu'in, V'chalaglagot, Ganiot. You can make an Erev with these uh, various things. Rashi translates Chalaglagot and Gudganiot into French. Gudganiot is either some kind of berries or unripe. Uh, olives and uh, hapuot is some kind of green and chalaglagot, I don't know. Avalo b'chaziz, but not with chaziz, which is some kind of un, un, unfinished grass that you harvest early, young, young, not totally grown grass that you harvest early when it's still green and eat it. Below the kafniot, and not with kafniot, which Rashi says are bad dates that are not completely right. Mara says, Can you really make an Eruv with Gudganiyot? Vatanya, but you learn there, Brisa. Gudganiyot, Rubei Banim Yochlu, Chashuchei Banim Lo Yochlu. Gudganiyot, a person with a lot of children should eat it. A person who 
doesn't have children should not eat it because Udaniyot are uh, bad for male fertility. And if they have become hard uh, to that they're ready to plant, Rashi says, if the stalks are hard like wood, then then nobody should eat it, even if someone has a lot of children should not eat it. So if it's not something that should be eaten, how can you use it for an Eruv? Tirgama, so Gemara says, explain it. is talking about before they became hard. Before they became hard uh, and ready for planting, for people who have lots of children. So it's not that we're not worried about damaging them because they already have lots of children. Or if you wish, you could say that it could even be used by people who don't have children. Because they are fit for the people who do have children. Did we not learn Our Mishnah says that you can make an Erev for a Nazir using wine and for Israel using Truma. You see that you can make an Erev with wine for a Nazir even though it's not fit for a Nazir, it's fit for someone else. Or with Truma for Israel, even though it's not fit for a Israel is fit for a Kohen. So too, this uh, this plant, even though it's not fit for someone who doesn't have children, it's fit for someone who does have children, and therefore you can make an Erev with it. The Evaidema, or if you wish you could say, Kikamarav, when Rav said that you could make an Erev with Gudganiyot, he was talking about the Hindikuke Madai. He was talking about Gudganiyot from Madai, which are good and healthy. So Rav also said you cannot make an Eruv with Chaziz, which is some type of young grass. Umar asked, Chaziz low? You can't make an Eruv with Chaziz? But Rav Yehuda said in the name of Rav that you can make an Eruv with Kashut and with Chaziz. Umar says, and, and if you eat them, the Bracha is Bari Priyadama. Where it says Lokasha, it's not a Kasha. When Rav made a statement that you cannot make an Arab with Chaziz, that was when he lived in Eretz Yisrael. And people in Eretz Yisrael did not eat Chaziz. And then he moved to Bavel, and he saw that people do eat Chaziz, so he changed his opinion. So where it asks, Bavel, Is Bavel the majority of the world? So if you have strange people who eat strange things, we're going to determine halacha based on them. Are they the majority of the world? It's where it says, that somebody planted to eat as greens, his opinion is nullified compared to all other opinions. Therefore, their seeds are chayev in maser, and their greens are exempt from maser because they're not normal people. Don't eat them as greens. Rashichlayim v'adagir shuzar an liyerek mitasrim yerek v'zera. Zera an liyera mitasrim zera v'yerek. And these other plants, shichlayim and gargir, if you planted them for for greens, then 
you take monstera from the greens and from the seeds. If you planted them from, for seeds, you plant, you take monstera from the seeds and from the greens. Tosos asks that regarding this last line, last two lines, so either way you take monster from both the greens and the seeds, why didn't the Gemara say it in one line? Why did it say if you plant them for greens, you take monster from the greens and from the seeds, and if you plant them for seeds, you take monster from the seeds and from the greens? The Toso says that it would it would affect when the timing of taking monster. Do you take monster when they're fully grown? Uh, as if they are greens, or do you, do you take monster even from the seeds at the time of taking monster from the greens, or do you take monster from the greens at the time of taking monster from the seeds? That's an aside for our purposes, but you see from this brisa that if somebody eats something that most people don't eat, that it's not considered, it doesn't turn it into food for purposes of taking monster. So, why should Rav change his opinion when he came to Bavel and saw that people eat chaziz? Does that make it normal? Mar answers, Ki Rav, when Rav said it, turning the page, Bedagnu Nita. He said it about chaziz that grows in a garden which everybody eats. Not talking about wild chaziz, it's talking about garden chaziz. Mar asks, Zera Gergir Lamai Chazi. He said that if you plant Gargir for its seeds. You take monster from the seeds and from the greens. What is the seed of the gargir good for? In early generations that didn't have pilpulin, some kind of peppers, uh, they used to grind up the seeds of the gargir and dip their roast in it. When Rabbi Zera was exhausted from learning, he would go and sit at the door of the house of Rabbi Huda Barami. Amar He said, "When the Rabbanan uh, go in and come out, I will stand up for them, igra, and I'll get reward for standing up for Rav. So a child who was learning in the house of Rabbi Yudah Bar-Ami came out. Amalei man agmei chavach. So Zera said to him, what did you learn today? What did your Rebbe teach you? Amalei kashut bari pradama chaziz shakoni abidvarov. He taught me that kashut has a bracha of bari pradama and chaziz has a bracha of shakoni abidvarov. Amalei, Rabbi Zera said to him, Adarabba ipcha mistavra. To the contrary, the opposite seems more reasonable. Because chaziz gets its nourishment from the ground, and kashut gets its nourishment from the air. Rashi says kashut is something that has no roots on the on the ground. It it grows on wood. It's maybe some kind of moss. Translates. I'm sorry. He translates it as hops. 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 I thought hops is a kind of barley. Beer. No, hops is different than barley. Okay. But how does hops grow? Yeah, I think it's correct. I think that it grows not as not in the ground, but uh, kind of parasitically or perhaps actually without sticking it to anything, but getting its moisture. At least. Okay. It says that they do not grow from the earth, but grow on prickly branches of shrubs. Okay. 
it's something, whatever it is, it's something that doesn't grow from the earth. It grows, uh, as Jeff said, parasitically uh, and gets its moisture from the air. The Alokha is like the child from the Cheder, uh, not like Rabbi Zera. My Taima, what's the reason? High Gmar Peri, the High Lav Mar Peri, because Kashut is fully grown, therefore it, it is very Pradama. Chaziz is something that whose growth is interrupted, it's not fully grown, you harvest it before it's really grown, and therefore its Bracha is Shakol Niyabin and that which you argued that kashut doesn't grow from the ground, it grows from the air, gets its nourishment from the air. Lohi, it's not really true. Kashut nami karabe. Kashut also gets its nourishment from the ground. Because if you if you kill the the hizmi, the shrub on which it's growing, umaita kashuta, the kashuta will die off. So, I guess that's why it's different than like mushrooms. I'm sorry? I guess that's why it's different from mushrooms, which in fact are shahakal, even though they, they have a similar dynamic. I guess they, they don't require an intermediary uh, like a shrub. They, they grow on the ground, but for, but also not, not from the ground. Right. And there's nothing that they're... That they're that they're living off of, that they that they require to stay alive. Right. So Rashi says that uh, for the fact that if you kill the hizmi, the kashuta dies. Also, you see that the kashuta was not living off of the air, but it was getting nourishment from the ground through the hizmi. Mar continues with a kafniyot ein marvin. Can you not make an eruv with kafniyot, which is also some kind of unripe berry of, of perhaps the early, very early stage of dates. Tanya, but we learn in Ebrisa, Kor nikach bekesef maser, ve'en metamei tumat achalin, something called Kor may be acquired with maser money, and it does not become tamei as food. Rashi says that Kor is the soft part of the palm tree that grows every year, the new growth of the palm tree before it gets hard is called kor. The kafniot nikhot bekesef maser. Kafniot may be acquired with maser money. Umetamot and they do, they, they do become tame as food. Rabbi Yudah Omer, kor harei ko'etz chod varav. Rabbi Yudah says, kor is wood. Elash nikach bekesef maser except that you can buy it with master money. In other words, in all other respects, core is wood, not food. However, you could buy it with master money because it is pre-mi-pre-vigidule-karka. It is a fruit from a fruit, and it grows from the earth. The kafniot are in kapri l'chodibrehem, and kafniot are fruits in all respects, except that they are exempt from master. So in any event, you see that you can make an eruv with kafniot. Sigmar answers, Hatam bidinishene. There it's talking about Nishene, Rashi says, male palm trees that make kafniot, which will never turn to dates. And kafniot, those kafniot is the end of their growth. And you gather them in Nisan and you eat them. And when Rav said that kafniot cannot be used to make an arrow, 
it was talking about kafniyot, which are unripe dates, which will become dates that grow on female palm trees. says, If that's the case, that you're talking about kafniyot, whose growth is finished, uh, about that, would Rabbi Huda say it's exempt from Maser? Batanya, I'm Rabbi Huda, lo to page beit yoni, elolian Maser bovad. Rabbi Huda said in Tosefta in Shvius, which is brought in Gemara Sachem, Rashi says that one may eat uh, figs until the there are no more page beit yoni in the field. And in other words, on Shemitah, you're allowed to eat the produce, the, the, the wild produce that get, that grows until the time when it's no longer available in the field. So if you have some in your house and it's no longer available in the field, you have to get rid of it. So figs, you can eat until the page bitione are gone. And Rabbi Huda says, no, page bitione will only mention in the context of maser. Page is some kind of unripe figs. It's only mentioned in the context of Maser. Page Bityone Vahini de Tuvina Chavim Maser. That is to say that Page Bityone and also Ahine Tuvina, which are Kafniot, are obligated in Maser. Umara says, Elololam Lav Benishene. Rather, we're not talking about Nishene here. Bolinyan Tumatocholin Shani. And regarding Toma of food, they are different. Since they can be sweetened in fire, they are they, they become tame as food. Or so too, since you can sweeten them in fire, you can use them for an eruv as well. And where did Rabbi Yochanan make his statement? On the following: Bitter. Almonds, small ones are obligated in Maser because they are fully ripened, and big ones that are, are not Chayav in Maser because if they're still bitter, it means they're not fully ripened. Mitukim, sweet almonds, Gdolim Chayavim, Tanim Turim. It's the other way around. Big ones are obligated in Maser, and small ones are not obligated in Maser because they're not ripe yet. Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Yossi, Omer, Mishum, Aviv, Rabbi Shimon, the son of Rabbi Yossi, says in the name of his father, Zevazeh, Niftor, Bamri, Zelazeh, that both are potter, and some say that he said both are chayim. Amr, Rabbi Ilah, Orah, Rabbi Chanina, Vitsipori, Kidivrei, Omer, Zevazeh, Liftor. Rabbi Ilah said that Rabbi Chanina taught in Tsipori, like the version that says both of them are potter. According to one who says they're both chayav, why would that be? What are they good for? They're bitter almond. Or on that, Rabbi Yochanan said, since you can sweeten them in the fire, therefore they are food and they're chayav in mas. Returning to earlier brisa, Rabbi Huda Omer Kor said Kor is wood, core again is the new growth of the palm tree, and it's wood in all respects, except that you could buy Kesef Maser, money of Maser. Ainur Tanakama, that's the same thing Tanakama said. What is Rabbi Yehuda arguing about? The difference between them is <clears throat> if you boiled it for a very long time, 
or you fried it. According to Rabbi Yehuda, it's still not food and it's not Mechavot Tuma. And according to the Tanakama, it is food and it is Mechavot Tuma. Makif Rava, so Rava challenged this. Is there really an opinion that says that if you boiled it for, for a long time or you fried it, that it's still not food and it's not makam The hide of an animal and the placenta of an animal are not makam toma of food. But a hide that you boiled for a long time or a shilya that you had in mind to eat it is makabal toma as food. So you see that boiling a hide for a long time turns it into food, and similarly, boiling the core for a long time, if it makes it edible, it should give it the halachic status of food. Ella Amarava, rather Rava said, what's the difference between the Tanakama and Rabbi Yehuda? bracha. Difference between them is what bracha do you say? The itmar, because it was said, kor, Rav Yehuda Amar Bore Priyadama, Rishmo Amar Shakoni Abidvaral. On kor, Rav Yehuda, not to be confused with Rabbi Yehuda, says that you say Bore Priyadama, and Shmuel says you say Shakoni Abidvaral. Rav Yehuda Amar Bore Priyadama, Uchlahu. Rav Yehuda says it's food, and <clears throat> it grows from the ground, so it's Bore Priyadama. Shmuel Amar Shakoni Abidvaral. And Shmuel says that it's shakol, kevan shesofol akshot, since in the end it will become hard. You can't say bori priyadama on it. It's not real food. It's, it's not something that is destined to always be food. It's something that happens to be edible right now. That's an inferior kind of food. And so you say shakol on it. I'm really Shmuel, the Rav Yehuda. Shmuel said to Rav Yehuda, Sharp one, like you, is more logical, even though I argued with you, but I think you're correct. That's known, because radish, which will get hard, nevertheless, if you eat it now, uh, it will be not correct. Shmuel's acknowledgement of Rav Yehuda, it was actually not correct. Why? Because people plant Snown with the intention of eating it when it's soft. Therefore, when it's soft, you say Borukriadama. Dikla palm tree, Lonate Inshayadati Kora. People don't plant it for the Kora, they plant it for the dates. The Afagav the Kalse Shmuel of Yuda, so even though Shmuel praised Rav Yuda, Hilchatakavate Shmuel, the Alacha is like Shmuel. Today, you can go to the supermarket, you can buy a jar of hearts of palms, and in order to know what bracha to say on that if you would eat it by itself you actually would need to know if those came from date palms or if they came from palm trees that were planted specifically for the date palms thank you there we have uh, an audio visual or just a visual presentation of a can of date palms uh, of, of hearts of palms rather so if if the palm trees were planted to harvest the hearts of palms then you would say Borukriyadama on them, but if the palm trees were planted for dates and you are eating the hearts of palms, you would say Shakol on them. I think think that, uh, you know, commercially uh, produced hearts of palm are always going to be produced from palm trees that were grown for that purpose. Correct. I, I believe that's correct. 
because if you're growing them for dates, you're not going to damage them by harvesting the new growth of them. All right, I think we will stop there. Have a good day.